frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Yeah, you're coming now. Welcome to Wrestling Death, the Marks, hailing from Labert, weighing in 182 pounds. I'm John, host of this show, producer of the main show, and with me, a man who is bigger than the Rock's bank account, that's 320 million and counting, it's Big Alex. Hello, I wish I had 320 pounds in my bank account, let alone 320 million. I know, what What would you do with 300, I mean, I would just imagine having that amount of money. You could buy the XFL. You could buy the XFL. You could buy the WWE, bloody hell. Um, and that voice that you heard uh, is a man who continues to count the days of Baron Corbin's bad luck after he smashed the mirror at Money in the Bank. It is, of course, Sports Kida's wrestling journalist, Scotland's answer to Dave Meltzer. It's Gary Cassidy. I would take that. I, I thought my Baron Corbin thing was up a couple of weeks ago, but we're back uh, back on the bad luck. I don't I think, think you can count it because he, he got Drew, he beat Drew Gulak. So ah, he, got a, he got a pinfall, but quick and forget about that. WWE forget about enough stuff. The one thing I'll say, I think we need a, a Patreon-exclusive graph of John's weight fluctuation over the, the past however long it's been. <laughs> I think it that definitely been. needs to be a thing. It has been. It's been kind of 185 at its highest. I'm down, down to kind of 182 at the moment. So <laughs> the running's paying off and I'm not eating rubbish. So there you are. But, that um, holiday weight's finally going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so let's um, just, I want to have a quick chat because we were talking about this on our WhatsApp group this week about retribution. Now, um, I'm sure you're going to come on to this more uh, detail within the buddies and putovers later on, Gary, because I, I believe I saw you on Twitter and uh, you were slagging them off a wee bit for throwing a yep. brick through a window and running away. Throwing two bricks through a window, they threw one through it and it smashed the window and then the other brick just went through for no reason and they ran away. And they just don't look like a credible threat to a locker room that's got like Randy Orton in it for a start. It's bizarre because obviously, you know, the, on last week's episode SmackDown, I mean, they came in, they absolutely ran right. It was very Nexus-esque. Yeah, you know the chainsaw beating up people, all that sort of stuff. And then on last night's Raw, they, they basically throw a brick through a window and run away, like a plane chap will run or something like that. One note on the SmackDown thing: I know that not a lot of people would have noticed this because they don't watch. Um, but on <laughs> Two Hundred Five Live, no worse. Two Hundred Five Live, right? Obviously, airs live after SmackDown. Uh-huh. Everything was back to normal. Ah. Oh. Detective Gary back <laughs> on the case again. Everything was just normal again. It's like something just Kevin on there all these consistency issues fixed after what twenty five years of the head of programming. Think, you would think. Um, so what, I just want to have a bit of speculation at the top of the show here to to get you guys' opinion. Who is this faction and what? Who's in it and what is it for? Alex, come to you first. I think we've got to stick with Gary's previous one uh, last week's detective work about Dominic Dijakovic. And he wasn't on NXT, he's been written off NXT, so I'd say Dijakovic's a borderline sure fire. Right, so there's five, five members, so Dijakovic won. The other one I can see being, which I don't want him to be, is Tommaso Ciampa. Now, I'll admit, this is one I got off the dirt sheets, but it makes sense. They've said NXT, he's got nothing to do. They're a little bit, so push him to the side. And we're trying to think, who else on the main roster have we not seen in a long time? Oh, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be, if they've got Dijakovic, Ciampa then, so you reckon Ciampa's the kind of leader then? Maybe. I could see like Sami Zayn if he's coming back to Sammy work. Zane, Sammy Zayn right. in it. Okay. But then, but two more. then that kind of 
you're putting me on the spot here. I wish you'd let me think about this, John, beforehand. <laughs> Two more. There's a girl in there. There's another used tag team just now that's not we've not seen in ages. I don't know, but there's a female on the, in there as well because you had the female. Voice. There's two. There's two females. I think so. Um, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. <laughs> 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 terrible decision, but considering they're not friends anymore, and one of them's quite prominent in NXT. Right, and what is the reasoning then? What is this faction's reasoning for being called retribution and doing what they're doing? It has to be something to do with the lack of airtime or losing their contracts or something. There has to be a plug, but then again, this is WWE. And they'll just be like, at the end of the day, they'll just line everyone up and they'll be like, you, 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 and you. Tonight, your retribution. Go. Yes, that is pretty much how that works. Gary, you must have a theory on this. Um, yeah. And you must have detective work. You must know who it is. Gary will nail it. Come on. Who, who no, my worry here is that WWE doesn't know who it is. I think they're, and I know we'll get to this in the news, but I think they're using random people are actually going to be in the if there is a faction at the end of it I think they're just using random bodies I still think Mustafa Ali is going to be the guy in charge of it it's the only one that makes sense for me Dijakovic obviously with his Twitter stuff he tweeted to Vince McMahon yesterday a um, static screen with we are in control on tiny text and then deleted that tweet shortly after which obviously is you know the reason in is because people will see it and then yeah. he's deleted it um, but for me I think I think I've spotted who some of the people that are actually behind the masks right now are, but I don't think they are the people that are in the faction. So It's a shame they've given them such cheap, crappy balaclavas so that you can figure that out, you know? And they, they had them and Akira Tozawa's Ninja Army like in two segments apart last night, and obviously they're dressed similar, so it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but I'm pretty sure that two of the people behind the masks, the women... I think Vanessa Bourne is one of them, which there right. was a rumor yeah, that she was getting that. pulled yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other one, there's one that seems to resemble Chelsea Green, who mm. I'd been told that, and I didn't publish this because I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week even, so it might be old news, but I'd been told that the, there was a plan last week to debut Chelsea Green on Raw, and they were doing two tapings. Obviously, the debut didn't come. But she put out a photo a couple of days, you know, into last week, I think it was like Wednesday or Thursday, of her in a new photo shoot wearing new ring gear. So I think they were originally going to debut her and then maybe they've just chucked her in this faction for the sake of it. Uh, I think also maybe, and I reported on a guy from Evolve signing called uh, Anthony Retro Anthony Green, who I believe he has signed a contract but is still awaiting, you know, the paperwork to become a proper, you know, has to go through his medical and all that stuff. I think he's part of it, and I think Leon Ruff is part of it as well. Not maybe part of the, the end faction, but the bodies that are involved. And someone pointed out, I couldn't quite figure out if this was right, somebody pointed out that they thought Brendan Vink was one of the, the faces who we obviously seen him on Raw for about two weeks in a row, and then never again. Um, <gasps> Riddick Moss, can I add Riddick Moss into my faction? Yes, he, was on, he was on Raw Underground. So. <laughs> Riddick Moss is on Raw Underground, wow. He, he got a win, a decisive win. <laughs> but I, so I think it's, um, and I know we'll get into it later, but I think that WWE don't quite know where we're going with it, which is worrying because I just keep going back to that Eric Rowan spider. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I think it is Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Bobby Roode, 
and we'll, we'll let's just say Vanessa Bourne and Chelsea Green because I can't think of any females. But these guys have all been uh, away from WWE because of COVID and retribution is against Vince McMahon because he didn't. Maybe it's because they've all had COVID and that's the link. And all these people have had COVID because of WWE and like one of their grandmas has died and it's all yeah, like a massive absolutely. retribution. Absolutely, it's, it's a retribution against Vince McMahon for not. Uh, providing enough PPE and uh, social distancing at events. Uh, so that is what I think it is. So there we go. We'll wait and see if that works out. I've got a much more uh, WWE explanation for the name. They've chucked in a pay-per-view called Payback after SummerSlam and ah. Retribution and Payback are synonyms. So I genuinely think that's it. Oh, that is probably oh. the closest we're going to get to. Anyway, it's it's something to talk about, and it? it's something to talk about. We'll wait and see how that uh, storyline progresses. So, uh, yeah, we'll have lots more. We've got a bit more info on that in the news with Gary later on, and we'll be doing our usual burying and putting over stuff from the shows. Uh, once again, we're on the wrestling daft raft and heading towards Fancy Bookie Island, and Big Alex holds the book this week. What are we having, mate? Well, I've done a special one for John since he's such a big, big fan of Raw Underground. They have to do their own version of Raw Underground any way they want, any way they need. I can't remember the last line of that song. So John <laughs> is going to cancel it and I'm going to say keep it exactly how it is and it'll be the quickest fantasy <laughs> booking island ever. Oh, that was it done then, guys. Moving on next. <laughs> yep, uh, We'll find out how that goes on later on. Um, and it's a feature moreover than the people's elbow. It's turning Japanese once again. We're delving into the world of New Japan pro wrestling with Big Alex. Uh, lots of exciting stuff going on this week. There is. I might be more excited this week than I was last week. Ooh, look forward to that later on. But first, it's time to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, so masks are pretty much mandatory in shops on public transport here in Scotland uh, and across the rest of the UK, other parts of the world, different rules here. But here is what I want to talk about today. Are people fucking stupid? Yes. It's not hard. Yeah, people are stupid. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) How hard is it to understand? To wear a mask properly, you need to cover both mouth and nose. There are two things that exit the body. The nostrils, air comes out of the nostrils. Air also comes out of the mouth. You need to cover both of these things for a mask to work. Otherwise, it's fucking pointless. Absolutely pointless. You walk into the shops, you go on public transport, and you see these people that are covering the mouth, but not their nose. That's not how a mask works. Now, I get it. You don't like wearing the mask, right? It's a bit uncomfortable, but we have to do these things. We're going through a pandemic. Just pretend. If you don't like to wear a mask, right? We all know, everybody that listens to this podcast, we'll be doing it properly because we're all wrestling fans, which means when we put on a mask, we will pretend we're some wrestler. That's what to do in real life. If you don't like to wear a mask, pretend you're Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. It's pretty cool. Walk about the show, shops, pretend you're Sub-Zero. Or just pretend you're a ninja. But wear a mask properly. It's not hard. Cover both orifices. Easy for me to say. Cover those up because that's what spreads the killer disease. Stop the spread of the killer disease. Wear the mask properly. Thank you. Well, the other one for me is I had a gentleman in Little yesterday. He decided to push through the queue area, you know, to get out quickly, which is fine, but there's a lot of social distancing at the queue. And just before he did that, he pulled his mask down and then hammered through a group of people and then left the shop. 
in Aldi last month, my dad said that he was, um, and my dad's very strict with measurements. He knows measurements very well, and he said he was keeping two meters for a guy, and the guy turned round and said to him, it's better be two meters. And he was like, I'm definitely two meters away. And I'm about three meters away. And the guy turned around, took two massive strides right up into his face and went, one, two, and shouted in my dad's face. And I'm like, that's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> the point you're trying to prove. <laughs> if you're having any issues uh, in the supermarket or having any issues with the mask, please get in touch with Wrestling Daft. That's at Wrestling Daft on Twitter. Thank you. So it's that time the show will like separate the good from the bad on the TV shows as we bury and put over stuff from them. Uh, none of us can be arsed doing Smackdown, so we always like to invite one of our uh, Marks, fellow Marks, to come on the show and be the guest Mark to do that. I like and- how you introduce them every week. Yes. Oh, here's the person we got to do the thing. We couldn't be bothered doing, John. You're so... So gracious. Even though SmackDown has become probably one of the better shows. I, know, <laughs> I would argue. We have to trade up. Um, he is currently at Queen Street Station in Glasgow. He's wearing a face mask, so he might not come over as well as he can. But listen, as I said at the start of the show, safety first, and he's wearing his uh, face mask properly. It's John McFarlane. How you doing, John? I'm not too bad, guys, myself. Whereabouts in Queen Street are you, mate? Uh, the, the low level. So low level is Queen Street. Are you waiting for a train? Yeah, aye. So if the train comes during this, this segment, we might lose you? You might, but you've got plenty of time. Plenty of time. <laughs> right, what time well, do you want to do, do, do Smackdown first this week, just well, in well, case? You know what? We're going to do Smackdown first with John, just in case we lose him, because if he's in the lower level of Queen Street and you go through that tunnel, we've had it. Aye, uh, uh, so, you've had it. What's it. John, I need to get your wrestling credentials, mate. Have you got any wrestling credentials you can show off? Have you met a wrestler? Have you been in a ring? Um, I've met quite a few wrestlers in my time. I've met uh, Big Crew, Big Crew McIntyre. All right, good. Good to you meet him. Um, it's quite a few years back. I think it was his first one with WWE. Um, it was a live show. Met him outside the Radisson. Um, this the guy was, just, was brand new, brand new. Nice, nice. Well, listen, that that's, that is good credentials for us. And like I say, we'll get to SmackDown first because I've got a funny feeling you're going to have to jump on a train. You're going to miss the rest of that. <laughs> uh, so let's kick off with SmackDown. We'll come back to the Wednesday Night Wars in a minute. What? SmackDown this week. Give it to us, buddies and putovers, my friend. Uh, right, I'm going to give you the bury first. I need to bury this whole retribution angle. I just, I just, I don't, I'm not feeling it. I just think it's just, it's lazy booking. I just, I just, I can't get behind it. We're talking about. You seem to have just thrown something at the wall, doesn't it? Like one week, we're like, right, we'll do Raw Underground, we'll do this new faction. Yeah, people will be interested, and it's just like, meh. I just think it's lazy. It's just, it's just lazy button and, and I don't know. It's just when you watch, you watch it, you just, I can't get behind the storyline. Any, any, any thoughts on who it could be, John? We were speculating at the start of the show who we thought it might be. I don't know. I'm thinking the two females is either Chelsea Green or Vanessa Ball, my next team. Yeah. Um, regards to... I don't know regards to the, who they got the men are. I don't, I've not got any clue who the men are. That's it. I'm thrown off because I don't know where they're going with this storyline. Yeah, just, we were saying that. <laughs> I, it's, I just, it's, it's fucking lazy booking. I'm, I'm just, I'll be honest with you, I just, it's absolutely lazy booking. So that, that's a big buddy for you. Uh, give us uh-huh. a, let's give it, get a put over from you. Uh, right, so I'm going to start off the. Cesaro Nakamura is the tag champions. 
I'm going to start after that. I just feel it's fresh, it's brand new, and I think it's about time, obviously, Bethlehem had a, had a title at home, because I think putting them, putting them to tag belts on them, it suits them, it's, it's just something fresh. Yeah, I, I love the New Day, but it's nice and refreshing not to see the New Day holding the tag team titles or the Usos, even though I love both teams. It's nice um, to see somebody I'm, else holding them. I've got fucking sick of the New Day. Um, setting put there. I'm, I'm quite liking this whole thing with the Fiend and like the Bliss and Braun Strowman. I it's it's quite entertaining. It's kind of gone somewhere. I, I don't know why. I, I, did I miss something, or was it an ad break? But I totally missed how it all came together because the Fiend. I saw. I was watching it and on BT, and then the Fiend came out, and then the next thing I know, Alexa was in the the ring with the Fiend and stroking his face. Did I miss something in between? <laughs> no, you didn't see more of the exact same person sitting watching it. I'm like, hey, hey, hold on, you were can you want to hear about it? They're they are just standing there, and I, I don't know. I just how it kind of tells the story, and I think it kind of ties in with what they've done at the, at the Extreme Rules Horror Show. So it, it kind of ties in well, and also I'm hoping the route they're going down is the team to actually win the championship at Salsa. Yeah. Plus as well, who'd have thought that mixed match, mixed, mixed match challenge would come into such important WWE lore? <laughs> I mean, Jesus. I bet you they'll do like a, a, an Uzo and um, Naomi breakup angle next because that'll be their next mixed match challenge story. They'll just have to pluck out of that. I probably. I don't. I fucking don't put it past them. I, I completely agree. I absolutely love the Fiend Alexa Bliss stuff in it, just because it came out of nowhere, but they're doing it the right way. I think it's absolutely but brilliant. It, it was, but did I, did I miss something in between, Gary, or it, did that just happen? So I actually, I missed it as well. I think, I don't know if they're trying to do this. I think they're trying to do a thing where they're like, the Fiend summons Alexa Bliss. I think, you know, she came from under the ring or from just through the crowd. crowd. Um, but I think it was deliberate. I'm no certain on that, but I think it's deliberate and they're trying to do a The Fiend summons these people now because for what we've seen at Braun Strowman, I think he's meant to be trapped somewhere supernatural. I might be wrong there as well, but I think that's the way it's meant to come across. Uh, but I think, I think we'll see it at SummerSlam. I think that will be unveiled at SummerSlam, what's actually the, the thing there. Get Dexter Loomis in, he's got the Stranger Things gimmick as well. There we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was match tonight, John? Um, I don't know. I'm going to say Cesaro's match. I don't know why. I just feel like every time Cesaro has a match, he just fucking knocks it out the park. I just I don't get why the guy's not world champion for this. Yeah. I'd, uh, we'd lo- I think every, every wrestling Mark fan would love to see Cesaro win the championship. Um, great. Well, listen, um, if you've got to go, hang about, John, but if you've got to go and get your train, jump on the train, all right, and we'll keep going. But uh, let's, yeah. go back, let's go back to uh, AEW on Wednesday. Alex, what's your buddies and putovers from that, my friend? Uh, we had a good show. We had JR reminding us all that he's pretty far down the dementia train. And we also, they were also using pyro, like it was going out of fashion. Maybe the lack of the pandemic, their fireworks were getting to their expiration date, and they were like, fuck it, let's just give Matt Cardrona everything. everything. I, feel like, uh, I feel like JR is going into the me with Drew McIntyre territory where it's becoming a weekly, <laughs> a weekly <laughs> thing. <laughs> a weekly Did you hear him at the start? Like, 
Mr. Mr. Um, I'm going to call him something else. And it's like, JR, you're live on air. You can't yeah. say that. You can't <laughs> say that. You did the same thing with John Moxley at the beginning. But um, first put over of the night, the Darby Allen john moxley relationship dynamic that they put into that match like i really like that promo from moxley at the yeah. beginning when he was like talking up the comparisons between them and he's like darby when the time comes just stay down and you know that foreshadowed the match it was a similar situation to what taz did with the brian cage match a couple of weeks ago which i quite like this foreshadowing idea that they're doing doing and also I've darby got, allen coming out with that cut of john moxley's class i've got a wee theory on that i have a feeling we might see Taz turn on Cage all out and Darby Allen winning the FTW Championship. Ooh. That's a um, bold prediction, but that's my bold prediction for the start on this one, just in case it happens. All right, well, we'll chalk that one down. We'll chalk that one down to Detective Gary, and he's very rarely wrong, so uh, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to be bad this week and take both my berries, although one of them is a bit of a continuation of last week. So I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that it was really good that they tackled... Tony not being on commentary that one week, head on. And Excalibur wasn't there last week, wasn't mentioned. And again, this week, it just wasn't mentioned, which annoys me a little bit. They've been so good for the consistency, things like that, and that just pissed me off a little bit. Yeah. And Barry number two has to go to the bump man himself, Mr. Sammy Guevara, for throwing a real fucking chair at Matt Hardy. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Oh, man, like, I looked at that spot and I was like, is Matt bleeding? There shouldn't be that much blood. Because like when Sammy did that cool flip, it was a cool little move. He hit Matt and there was a literal blood spatter. And I read a little bit afterwards and it was saying that Sammy apparently had got a little bit overexcited, couldn't find the proper chair and threw like a normal chair at Matt and just completely yeah, gashed him open. A lot of people thought that Matt Hardy bladed during that, but I'm pr- it didn't look like a blade job at all. If it was a blade job, it was the worst blade job ever. Um, but I then I it came out that just it was the chair shot. That, yeah, it was just to figure out where all that blood came from. Aye. Did, did you notice in Matt's promo as well that I'm pretty sure he called Sammy a bum boy, and I don't think you can do that in 2020. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did. And he also had his trousers on from like, he was talking about how he's just going to be him, but yet he's still wearing his Hardy Boy trousers from 2003. I'm like, come on, Matt, for goodness sake. Change those trousers immediately. Not um, going back to another positive. Put over Trent's Mars van. Dude. <laughs> so, um, well, like the minute the minute best friends turned up and that we knew something was going on with Sue's van, and something did go on with Sue's van. So I was quite surprised when best friends went over Santis because I assumed that Santis need a big win, but it turns out I was wrong. What they need more than a win. It's a fucking storyline. So um, if you didn't see it, they came out and then trashed up Sue's van and like took in the windows and took a baseball bat to it and spray painted it and stuff. It was it was great. And then we got like the Trent promo afterwards when he's just shouting at the camera like, "Don't touch my mom's van!" <laughs> so yeah, it was great. Up, and then, I want to phone up my mom and you're gonna apologize to her. I love that. I think you're gonna apologize on speakerphone or something yeah. like that as well. What, so a, was, what a match stipulation! Apologize to my mom. Match. <laughs> uh, did you notice as well that Trent had cling film just wrapped around his midriff as well? Just casual cling film. No, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. Um, yeah. Match of match of the night, Alex. Had to be that fucking chaotic twelve man tag that Jr. couldn't yeah. even cope with at the start. Good, like, wasn't it? But, but yeah. there was a couple of little things that I have to bring up. Is the Dax knee a work or is the Dax knee real? 
Um, so he posted a photo on social media of him sitting with a knee brace on just before this aired, but I still think it's a work. Yeah, it seemed like a storyline. I, I still yeah, think it's a work. Cage walk off and leave him again, and leave Omega again, and how good was Colt Cabana's? Was it called the Chicago Skyline move that he did? <laughs> when he like had them up on top of the rope, then he just jumps down, and then he like land on his shoulders on the top of the rope. It's class. It's really good. Yeah, no, really it was a great match. It was yeah, and Dark Order needed that win to look yeah, like yeah, 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 a force yeah. again. The, I mean, that, Dark Order, look, anytime I've seen the Dark Order doing the tag matches and stuff, they look great. They really, yeah, but who was, they look really but who was the random guy in the shirt? And why was there a random guy in the shirt when they've got number 10 dressed for a wrestling match standing next to the commentary booth? That didn't make any fucking sense. Is this the guy that's called Nine? By I think any so. chance? I, Dave Meltzer, I think, gave away the name of him, but I. Or gave away who gave away was, the name. Because like, because um, I know that they were making a big deal of ten, and ten's injured, and now they've got a stand-in guy for ten, and that's what we haven't seen him in the ring. Apparently, um, apparently it's Brandon Cutler that's playing the role of nine as well. Oh, fair enough. So that's. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, he would be a good addition to the Dark Order because of his connection to the Bucks as well. Yeah. What they do with the Dark Order, what Peter out or how, what, where are they going with it? That's what I want to know. You know, that's where I think, you know, we're going back to talking about long-term storylines. But yeah, I'd be interested to see where they go with it. Yeah, I'm interested to see if there is a long-term storyline with that or else they were just trying to do something more with the Dark Order's character because they couldn't use the Super Smash Bros gimmick when they first brought them in and it's just grown arms and legs and arms and legs and tentacles yeah, and all kinds of things. Yeah. A lot of people in that now. Uh, yeah, I'll move over to NXT, however, and I've got to take my... I'm not using the generally stipulation of one buddy because I've got to take my two buddies this week because the first thing I've got to buddy is the fact that BT Sport missed the first fucking part of the show. I don't know if it was WWE or BT Sport, but they must they missed the first 17 minutes of the show. I believe it was WWE because India had the same issue we did, and I believe one of the South American countries had a similar issue as well. So I think it was WWE's fault this time. But BT Sport are to blame for putting up the due to recent uh what was it? Recent events I mean, come to light. Recent events. Uh, and it's like there's been nothing, the only thing that's happened that day was Marty Genetti confessing to murder, which <laughs> I guess it's something that changes the NXT. But yeah, they missed the first seven. So I was like, all right, okay, fair enough. But um, yeah, that was a bit rubbish. Uh, so we'll move on to a put over now. Now, last week I was here, I was a bit worried about Ridge Holland. I thought he was too green. I have to say, I was really impressed with him. I thought he was really bad. I was sitting going, no, oh, he'll be rubbish. But he was really good in the ring. So yeah. I take that total back. Um, he looks like a, he looks like Vince's dream wrestler. Um, you know, I can see him being up to the main roster fairly soon. But he, he looks like, and he was really good. I have to say. So apologies, Reg. Don't kick my arse. Uh, I might have mentioned this last week, but when I was down at Blackpool, that is like literally Triple H and William Regal were sneaking it into every media op they could to praise how you know how much he was just doing everything he could to make sure he was the best he could be for his debut. And that was, he ended up like being aired in the crowd at Blackover, at Blackover, uh, TakeOver Blackpool. Um, Blackover's probably a completely different event, but it, I, it was aired in the crowd for that. But they were talking about him for the entirety of the media ops and saying that he was going to be the next big thing. So no surprise to see him pushed at all. Yeah, um, I... I 
I don't like the Peaky Blinders style gimmick. I, I, <laughs> I don't think anybody does. It's a bit outdated. <laughs> yeah, I think he, I think he could live without that. But no, I really impressed that. Uh, going back to the buddies um, before we end up in a nice put over. Um, Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Ah, oh, really? oh, I loved how, it. How can you get invested in this? I don't get this booking. I just see. I don't know where they pulled it from. Obviously, they pulled it for the fact that Pat McAfee's got an amazing social following because of his time in the NFL. But that seems to be the only reason this match is coming together because there's it's, no story. I mean, they get, well, he's been. This is the thing, Alex. Right. Adam Cole, right, has been NXT champion for, you know, well over a year. He's beaten everyone. How are we suddenly led to think that Pat McAfee, a guy who's come out of nowhere, has got a chance against Adam Cole? Now, they've obviously, they, they, did, they sold this kind of punt kick on NXT, if you, if you, if you saw it, where he punted thing. And then the, the WWE have now been realized this, so they've been putting up a promo video of Pat McAfee working in the ring and stuff. But are we to really believe in a really to invest in a match between Adam Cole and Pat McAfee? Are we, do we really think that Pat McAfee is going to go over Adam Cole? Because it's just nonsense for me. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I mentioned this before where I thought it was really bad um, up until that Wednesday night. And I thought they'd done everything really well on Wednesday night to sell me on something that I hated to begin with. But I don't, yeah, I, I, I de- definitely get the concern where it's like, how would you believe that Pat McAfee is a credible challenger to Adam Cole? And I do still think they've got a lot of work to do there. Um, especially when you think, you know, I, I mentioned it last week, the Undisputed Era dynamic where you had four guys come out and beat up the two heels in Imperium the week before. Something's no right there. Uh, I think the same with this one, you know, the, the good thing was they didn't have the Undisputed Era there. Adam Cole maybe having to do it on his own. I liked the way they done it with the opportunistic kind of punt while, pa- uh, while Adam Cole was getting like restrained on the desk. I do think they've got work to do, but I love everything they've done. And I think Pat McAfee will surprise a lot of people because I know he's wrestled a match before, uh, a way back in 2009. But apparently he's been working a lot since then and has always been working on becoming a wrestler. I've mentioned that way, you know, him and Dominic... I'm not sure if I would hedge my bets and say both of them are going to have breakout performances, but I think none of them are going to embarrass themselves in the ring. That's the one thing I would say. I don't no, think I don't, th- I don't think it's about that. I, 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 you know, it's about the investment. You know, it's just to think this guy's going to come out of nowhere and beat Adam Cole. I, I just don't know why they're putting so much time and effort into it, you know, but... Oh, if he wins clean, I'm done. Uh, uh, <laughs> can't he win clean? <laughs> no, exactly. Do you know what I think would be really good if they put Pat in with the Undisputed Era as some mm. sort of cheerleader kind of guy on the outside, I think would be brilliant. I mean, they don't need him as a mouthpiece because they're great on the mic anyway, Aye. but I think putting him in with that group and putting them up to the main roster with him, so he's so you immediately get the pull, the mainstream of pull from Pat McAfee and get dies on it I think would be a good thing but um, you might have just called it John you might have just called it wait and see how that goes wait and see how that goes Um, we've lost John he's obviously had to go and catch his train (laughs) Uh, get home safe John get home safe get home safe hope there's no idiots on that train wearing their masks incorrectly I hope that train was not the Stroman Express <laughs> uh, John was wearing his mask well as well. I appreciated that. Um, final put over uh, Santos Escobar on the microphone. 
outstanding. Great promo work. Um, loved the whole attack, the Legado del Fantasma attack on Brizango. Really looking forward to, to that match when it happens and Brizango's entrance, as always. Uh, special mention, however, to Kyle O'Reilly's hat as well. That that just needs to get mentioned in the, in the put-overs as well. So, um, yeah, decent enough show. Uh, lots going on. Building, obviously, to take over. Um, but match tonight has to be it was never going to be a bad match Imperium versus uh, Undisputed Era um, you know how are you going to get a bad match out of those teams uh, so no cracking crack quite enjoyed NXT I don't know if it was as good as AEW but I mean certainly ratings wise it got pounding didn't it AEW was definitely the better show for me, I think. But I think like, it's been the same the past few weeks, even looking at what was advertised, it was always going to be the case that AEW would yeah. come out on top. Yeah. yeah. As well, they've been in a bit of free fall since the Keith Lee, Adam Cole week. And, you know, it's going to be difficult difficult for them to maintain that kind of hype from that Adam Cole, Keith Lee championship unification yeah. match. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Let's move in on to last night's Raw then, Gary. What we got? Only one place I can start. Randy Orton, Ric Flair. Uh, the end of the show was one of the best endings to any wrestling show I've seen for a long time. Uh, I mentioned, I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week, but um, last week, obviously, they taped two Raws. I got told that Randy Orton was turning on Ric Flair. Um, that was the only thing I got told. Didn't get told about what was going to happen, how it was going to happen. I got told that that was in place before they even figured out what Randy and Drew were doing last week. That said, even though I knew it was coming, it was fantastic. The promos, you know, I don't, I don't think we need to put over Randy Orton any more than we have in the past few weeks about his promo ability. The guy is second to none. Ric Flair was brilliant, which I think Ric Flair can be slightly incoherent in his promos, but he was amazing last night. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anyone has ever said about <laughs> Ric Flair. <laughs> but it, he played his part absolutely brilliantly as well. We played the kind of... And this sounds bad, but it is the part he was playing, and it's the part that, again, some of us would identify with Ric Flair. Desperate old man trying to be part of something. Um, and he played it really well. He played it absolutely brilliantly, and that was the exact role I said. He's gone, I was in hospital. I was on, you know, in intensive care, which we all know is a very real thing that he, that he did go through. He said, I'm trying to cling on to Charlotte Flair for, for you know, my own personal gain. Trying to cling on to Randy Orton because I just want to be part of something. Really nice. The one bit that was close to the knuckle that I loved, Randy Orton referencing being the son that Ric Flair wished he had. Oh, no, we, I we oh, no, you don't what? mention Reed. Oh. You don't mention Reed. Oh. Man, that was probably, you know, it was close to when Page referenced, maybe even worse, but executed better than when Page referenced Reed Flair on, you know, Raw a few years ago. But it was just brilliant. It was a proper... The match ended 15 minutes before the, the end of Raw. And I'm going, how can they fill 15 minutes with promos? They've done it perfectly. They've done it absolutely amazingly. The actual turn was spot on. So all week since I got told the turn was happening, I've been going back and forward in my mind going, how do you physically have Randy Orton do something with Ric Flair? Because I don't want to see any, any physicality at all with Ric Flair. We all know how much I... Uh, you know, a sensitive medical position he's in would be the, the best way I could put it. I don't want to see anything happen. An RKO is out the window. That's not something you can do with Ric Flair. They've done the low blow, which harps back to the Christian, you know, um, the match Christian had with Andy Orton, where Ric Flair done the low blow on Christian. 
it protected Ric Flair perfectly, and then they had the full link back to Retribution. The lights flickering, the lights flickering. When Randy Orton done the punt, the lights went out. You didn't see the punt. Ah, it's good that. And then they done the thing that I love. Any Randy Orton thing, this gets me. Randy Orton showing the remorse after he does the heinous act, hugging <laughs> Ric Flair on the ground. I'll, it's my favourite thing. It's that, you know, we mentioned long-term storyline. When you weave in things like Randy Orton's theme tune being I Hear Voices in My Head, the voices are there. That's the thing that makes him do the evil thing. He's a good guy. We all want to like him. He's a good guy. He just punts old guys. I have <laughs> never heard anyone say, oh, Randy Orton, he's a good guy. He's just, yeah, he's just, he's just so good. It just, uh, it just kicks old guys in the head and then shakes people's hands after touching his private parts. Um, but he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a good guy. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think, that, you know, we've, we've talked about it on this podcast. This is the best I think Randy Orton's ever been. Just incredible. Oh, I, I mentioned it earlier. I think he's the best heel in wrestling right now. A few people had said MGF. I think Randy Orton's working on a different level, and that's not taking it away from MGF. I just think Randy Orton is untouchable right now in what he's doing. It's this different type of heel heat, isn't it? The, ah, the, yeah. MGF's got pure arsehole heat, but it, I, it, Randy Orton's got this whole psychological thing going on, which is really, really good. Uh, so, yeah, putting over that, what are you burying, mate? I just mentioned Retribution. I don't think I could get through these buries without mentioning Retribution. We spoke a lot about them earlier, so I'm not going to go over too much old ground. Um, the one thing I'll say is I do want to like them. They're the kind of faction that I should love because I love Nexus. I love all this, you know, we spoke about it last week with Fantasy Booking Island. I love invasions. Invasions are like one of my favourite things in wrestling. This is really poor. This is not an invasion. Um, I mentioned this on Twitter that I feel like they are being portrayed as like hoodlums or scallywags, or whatever you want to say. Scallywags. That's that's the way that I I, I would have to describe them, because they're they're not intimidating in any way. When you think of who is in the Raw locker room, this group of five people chucking two bricks through a window just doesn't do it. Especially when you chuck one brick through it, does the trick, and then you chuck the second brick through for no reason. Um, And I mentioned that, that... and this is obviously me being facetious, but it's no far off what they're doing. Oh, what are they going to do next week? Cling film the toilets, put like dog shit in a bag on the doorstep and ring the bell or, or phone WWE headquarters and ask for Seymour butts. It's just, they're acting like teenagers. It's no working at all. It's absolutely terrible. And it's just no doing it for me whatsoever. See if it turns out it is teenagers and it's like all the 19-year-olds <laughs> graduates from the WWE Performance Centre, then totally okay with it. It's the AEW demographic coming to uh, <laughs> get retribution <laughs> from WWE. <laughs> but, like, how do we get this demographic? We literally feature them in the show. Oh, Genius. The other Barry, I'm, I'm also putting another other Barry, but it's the quickest not, one No ever. one's using the GLS this no. week. But it's the quickest no, Barry ever. Week. I mentioned the continuity of SmackDown, the fact that they had 205 Live on street after made no sense after somebody chainsaw on the ropes. The Hurt Business just were not involved in Raw Underground whatsoever. Shane McMahon was just back there pretending nothing had happened and Raw Underground was back to normal. <laughs> so <laughs> just didn't make any sense. Just absolutely terrible. And did they not film two weeks of Raw last week? Yeah, it was filmed last week. So it doesn't make any sense. It was filmed immediately after. So I don't know why. But I, I do think before I, I my, my last put over is just a name, um, but before I put that over, I'm going to throw a wee honour anyone in. The fact that they did listen a bit with Raw Underground, rather than having female dancers, they had a female destroy people on the show. That's progress for me, so I'm happy to take that. I know they filmed it late into the night, so maybe they saw the reaction to what had happened during that and changed it on the fly, and that's why it went late. 
Um, but the final put over for anybody watching the Patreon, you'll probably know what I'm going to say. Dominic Mysterio. That guy, Seth Rollins, put in a promo that he had to pay his dues, sit at ringside and pay your dues. Man, if there is an intensive course in paying your dues, Dominic Mysterio done it last night because if anybody's watching the Patreon, they can see the photos that are behind me. The guy just took one hell of a beating with a kendo stick and I really don't want to know what his shower felt like this morning because that would have been horrible. Ow, ow, ow. Um, no, again, I'd, like I said last week, I'd like to see him getting a wee run before we see him at SummerSlam against Seth. Um, you know, maybe I thought they might have went the way of Samoa. If Ray's obviously out of contract and isn't wrestling, just now, they might have went the way of putting Samoa Joe in with them. Or, but no, I think it'll be a really interesting match, and it'll be interesting to see it at SummerSlam. But again, we'll see how it see how. It I think Samoa Joe is still not medically clear. still not medically clear. Aye, right. I think that's the the reason for that because I had a wee thing about that last night, but it turns out they clarified it on commentary. So no burial here, but I believe he's not medically cleared. Um, and match of the night, there was three good matches. Um, Bianca v. Zelina was brilliant. Um, I'll never argue with that. Kevin Owens v. Orton was brilliant. But Bailey Asuka stole the show. Knew the way it was going to go, but I've mentioned this with the Ric Flair, Randy Orton thing. If you know the destination, it doesn't mean the journey's going to be bad. You know, they can still tell a good story. Bailey Asuka, amazing match. Probably, I keep saying this, Bailey doesn't get enough credit for how good she is in the ring. Last night was one of her better matches as well. It's one of the matches that if anybody asks, I will say, go back, watch that, watch that match, and you'll probably appreciate Bailey in the ring. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I think she's a good. I think she's really, really good. Um, yeah, um, so yeah, um, that's it from this week's Burying Putovers uh, from the shows. If you want to get something on the headline show, Alex is off this week. Uh, me and Gary will be covering Um However, we will also be joined by the one, the only, the Fresh Prince of Drummond Square, Ravy Davy, will be joining me and Gary as a substitute for Alex, who's got a hot date and can't do the show. So. As an upgrade for Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, we'll be doing your buddies and putovers, so get them in at the usual places, uh, on our Twitter, at Wrestling Daft, on Insta, at Wrestling Daft Podcast, or just Wrestling Daft on Facebook. <laughs> If you're not on board our Patreon right now, why the hell are you not? It's really good. There you go. This is the biggest <laughs> advert for you. If you Wait, want, sell it. <laughs> that's how, it's really good. I mean, you know, you can tell I work in the advertising game, you know. Get on our Patreon. It's really good. Um, if you want more content from us, you can get that right now. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. There's our three tiers there. You can come become a cruiserweight champion, an intercontinental champion, or a world heavyweight champion at various different levels of cost to you. Um, for the cruiserweight, that's our lowest tier. You get three quid a month. Patreon only ad, uh, Patreon only chat community, ad free versions of all episodes. Early episode access, bonus content from the show, full video version of this podcast so you get to see Gary's uh, looking a bit like Cruella DeVille because he's got a white streak through his hair. Uh, so you get to see that if you get on the video version and the chance to vote on the list of wrestling daft. Most importantly, um, tier two, IC champion, about seven quid a month. Everything in tier one, plus video version of the headline show. Uh, and invite to our Patreon only pay-per-view parties. We're going to be doing one for SummerSlam very soon. 
and uh, bonus episode once a month. We've just done Rab on Wrestling. It's up there now, both on video and audio form. You can catch that as I sit down with Rab and talk about his uh, journey through the wrestling business. So it's really, really good that. And Tier 3, World Heavyweight Champion, $20 a month, about 15 quid. Everything previous tiers. Plus, you get a free wrestling back t-shirt. Uh, you have to sign up for a minimum for three months for that. You get to come on this show as a mark or get to do the run-in with Rab and Grado. You can get all that and much more. Get on board patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft as we would love to welcome you to the roster. So as the sun rises in the east and we enjoy some manga on the television, it's time once again to return to Big Alex's dojo for turning Japanese. I think this time you're actually grabbing a cheeseburger or a hot dog because I think it might be more of a turning American than a <laughs> turning Japanese this week. There you go. Also, while we're complaining about John getting things wrong, manga is actually a, a written art similar to a comic book, John, and anime is then its digitized format when it's been moved onto a screen, but that's just semantics, mate. All right, okay, so as the sunrise in these and we enjoy some anime, it's time once again to the turn to Big Alex's dojo for turning Japanese. What has been happening in New Japan pro wrestling this week, Alex? No, we've had oh, first of all, some first big... of all, I need to tell you, we've had more correspondence from um, this speaker as per usual. Uh, Blake says, just caught up with the podcast, really enjoying the turning Japanese section. See, it's all over. When was the last time any of you, when was the last time your rant got a positive review? <laughs> Never. It's never happened. Actually, to be fair, your your previous rant did actually get a bunch of new Patreon signups. So, I mean, that's kind of its own little little thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's been going on? Come on, tell us all. Well, well, we had a reasonably big announcement. They have finally confirmed the times of the G1. Woo! Woo! Actually, I may as well ask you this, John. Do you know what the G1 is? It is a tournament where... They wrestle for a belt. Not quite, but you got the first part of that, right? <laughs> right, okay. Um, do you know where the name comes from, or can you guess? The G1 is for the glorious one. Very incorrect. Gary, do you have any idea on this one? <laughs> I actually don't know this one, no. No idea. So they, they stole the name from horse racing. So G1 is grade one, so it's the grade one climax. Oh, really? There you go. So so it's their biggest yearly tournament. They do it. Do you remember how the NXT Cruiserweight Championship was a round-robin style tournament? Yes. They stole that from the G1, basically. Right, right. They've usually got two blocks of eight wrestlers, so they've 16, and then they go head-to-head. Everyone in each of their blocks faces each other, and the winner goes to Wrestle Kingdom. So it's like winning the Royal Rumble, almost. Or the Champions League for um, football fans. Or the League Cup in Scotland, that's where they must have, they must have stole it off the G1 as well because they changed the format of the League Cup in Scotland. But yeah, continue. I only mentioned wrestling, John. <laughs> <laughs> and I only meant WWE that one specific time. Um, so we're kicking off in the middle of September on the 18th and closing on October the 18th at the legendary Rio Goku Stadium. So we're all very excited for that. It's nice to be a date because we were all just left wondering for a while. So this week as well, we had the debut of New Japan Strong, which is their new American television show. Did you watch that, John, or did you just patch it? Uh, I missed that one, sorry. I stayed up and watched it. 
Really yeah, I thought it was it was really good. They stayed very true to the product, so it was very New Japan style. They even had the American wrestlers doing adverts for Japanese products in the middle of it, which I thought was hilarious. Um, they maintained Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Kelly on commentary, but my one complaint was I wasn't a big fan of Alex Kolarov. It was their kind of secondary color guy. As normally on the main shows, you've got either Rocky Romero, who's very vibrant, or you have Gino Gambino. And Gino Gambino is just an Australian man who makes it sound like it's Aussie Man Reviews. <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. It's, it's hilarious. I actually love him. I think a lot of people hate him. But I, I was really him. surprised they didn't use Rocky Romero because he's in the States. Yeah, he's, and Rocky's like, he's there. yeah, and Rocky's like, Rocky's known as the guy that he's like the go-to between a lot of the American talent. Like he's the first person they meet. He's very much their ambassador. So not having Rocky on the show was a bit of a surprise. But this is me just clutching at straws. It was just really good wrestling throughout the night. I thought that Carl Friedrichs versus Kenta match was great. It was just Kenta kicking the shit out of Carl Friedrichs. And big up to Kenta for having a similar kind of lockdown crazy hairdo as I do just now, which I thought was quite good. So I'm on you, boy, Kenta. And um, friend of wrestling daft, Tama Tonga had a strong showing. Oh, of course. Tama, <laughs> Tama was very good. Tama was very good. So thanks. Um, all four matches were really good, actually. I was a big fan of them all. And I think all the right people won. So next week we have... Um, You're Jeff only Colton saying that because it was all your predictions that um, won. <laughs> well, it's because it was the right people to win. If you look at the semi-finals now, you've got Kenta versus Jeff Cobb, which will be phenomenal because it'll be Kenta trying to strike a big fucking Hawaiian man. And then you've got um, David Finley versus Tamatonga. So it's their kind of new up-and-coming American guy versus one of their most established stars. So it should be really, really good and lead to some really, really good final as well. And we'll... They've announced the tag match as well for next week, so it'll be interesting to see how they flush out the show once they've finished these seven matches of the tournament. Well, what's our homework for next week then? Because obviously I do it every week. Well, your homework for next week is to watch New Japan Strong from last week and tell us right. all about it, John. You can pick your favourite match from that. It's Right. I will do that. I'll do that. So thank you very much once again. And from this feature, it's once again, sayonara. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad news. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. Did you notice that John added some faces to that this week? Which I thought were great. <laughs> That's the perfect way to sell the Patreon. Need to yep. watch the video to see those faces. Absolutely. Get involved. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash wrestling. You can see the video version of this very here podcast. So what has been happening in the world of the wrestling, Gary? I believe that Meltzer is trying to say that they're using stand-ins for retribution like we talked at the top of the show about. Yep, my favourite wrestling journalist of all time, of course, um, because he has sourced me twice. Um, But he has essentially said the same thing that I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, where retribution, I don't think the people that are actually on screen right now are the people that, if they ever get unmasked, will be the people that are unmasking. So he essentially uh, said that the speculation that is kind of leading right now as to who was under the masks, Vanessa Bourne, who was mentioned earlier, Chelsea Green, as well mentioned earlier, and also Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. They were on Raw last night. You never know, they could have been in the two segments, but he said that no one had to actually bother trying to figure out who it was because they won't be the final members. Um, The quote was, I was outright told that the people under the mask are not the people who will be playing the character. So that's probably about as as much a stoic statement as you can ask for in terms of that one. 
I know we're meant to be like wrestling's obviously we suspend our belief when it comes to watching pro wrestling, but come on, Matt, it's just lazy, isn't it? I mean, I mean, you would we know none of those people were Dijakovic for a start purely because none the of height? them were. <laughs> I, I guess that's. I know I bring this up every week. It reminds me of the TNA Aces and Eights situation where it's like a different set of people who are coming yep. out every week, and then yeah. you come and recognise them, and you're like, "Why is Eric Bischoff the leader of Aces and Aces this week?" What? Yeah, I, it's just a bit strange. I mean, you, the thing is, you would know it was Dijakovic just due to his height. You would say, well, that's yeah. obviously Dominic Dijakovic. That's obviously Champa. I mean, it was, I think you could see the hair for Vanessa Bourne. It was the Vanessa uh, Bourne. I, I, I saw her hair. So that's how that came obvious. But it's just a bit rubbish, isn't it? When you don't have the... You don't get to have this. Because when it's just cause it's different people. When you're, I don't like it. <laughs> uh, the, the perfect example is the giant ninja, big Jordan Mogbehan, who had first lines on Raw this week, um, being the the doorman for Raw Underground. So yeah, you can't put somebody like that under a mask because people will just know who it is. No, exactly, exactly. Oh well, we'll wait and see. I mean, I think like you guys say, it's going to be a massive disappointment at the end, isn't it? This is going to be rubbish. It's going to be one. I of should. You never know. They might turn this one around. They might be like, here is this NXT Dream faction you've all been talking about for months, and they're now going to go over everyone. Yeah, you're seeing punk. Good job. So, after a year away, Mickey James is back. That's good news, isn't it? We all Oh, man. I loved this because last night when it got announced, I was like, this is something that. I didn't get told about, and I don't think I saw any stories online at all about this. It's proof that things, and I know WWE announced it ahead of time, so it wasn't exactly a surprise by, you know, the, the, like the definition of the word. But the fact that this didn't get out until WWE announced it, literally like two hours before the show, I loved. Obviously, she was only there backstage for a couple of minutes, but it looks like we're going to see a little bit more of Mickey James. It looks like next week she's going to be taking on Natalia which I've got no problem with at all. I think both of them are absolutely brilliant in the ring. Um, so, yeah, it looks like Mickey James is back. The last time we saw her, no one would have actually saw her because the last time we saw her, she was doing commentary for main event. So it's nice to see her at least back doing something. I said that I really want to see her enter the triple brand battle royal on SmackDown. I don't think that will happen now because they're, they're showing her in-ring return as being Monday. Um, but I wanted her to enter that, beat Bailey for the championship at SummerSlam, and then Sonya Deville challenge Mickey James for the title after that. But I don't think it'll happen now. No. Either way, just good to see her back. No, no, it's good to good to see her back. I thought she might uh, like progress into a kind of backstage role now, but you know, she, if she can keep the in ring career going, she's great. She's really good in the ring, so it'd be good. she is quite good on commentary as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Not that I've actually watched any of it, but I just. Read people saying she's good at Coventry. <laughs> also, a really good uh, country musician for any country fans out there, but that's a whole other podcast. Can we, can we, can we talk about her hardcore country run in yeah. TNA? <laughs> this TNA fever just runs through us every episode. Um, and I'm also going to put this story in because it came from the Gorilla Position podcast, which obviously we were um, have the issue with last week because they were um, saying Gary, we, we called them pricks basically because it's flagging Gary off. <laughs> Uh, but John John called them pricks. I called them pricks. Uh, but yeah, Seth Rollins appeared on uh, their podcast and he was basically saying that fans have less patience for long-term stories these days. Yep, as I mentioned last week, I quite like their podcast, despite what their opinion on me might be. Um, but I actually heard this one live because I still listen to their podcast because I don't hold grudges. Um, but yeah, this is one that 
I don't know how much you can agree or disagree with because I think there's a lot of in-between stuff Seth Rollins hasn't actually mentioned. So he, and this is, you know, I don't know how many times this kind of stories came out about Seth Rollins, but he said that wrestling fans today, which you know that that's always going to be the start of a good story. If somebody says wrestling fans today, they're going to say something people are going to disagree with. Um, but apparently said that wrestling fans today don't have the patience for long-term storytelling uh, in relation to WWE stuff. So for me, I think the perfect you know comparison for this would be New Japan. New Japan do long-term storytelling better than anyone. The reason our fans trust it, the reason our fans are more patient is because New Japan follow through on all the long-term storytelling, or at least most of it. WWE have the tendency to have storylines just drop off a cliff. And that it's, might be it's... why the fans don't have as much trust and as much patience with the long-term storytelling. Yeah. So I, do I think it's agree. similar to the end of Game of Thrones, isn't it? That you yeah. just can't trust <laughs> WWE with anything. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree with like, face value. What Seth Rollins said is correct. Fans don't have the patience for long-term storytelling, but I think you missed a very important reason as to why they don't. Yeah, that's the the one the one thing I'll say there. I, I think fans, I I like long long uh, long-term uh, storytelling in wrestling because the payoffs all the payoffs what you want It's the big payoff at the end of the long-term storytelling. When you think of, I guess, like to Daniel Bryan or I mean that was thrown upon them right enough, so I won't give WWE credit <laughs> yeah. for them. But you think of some of the great long-term storytelling in wrestling, and when it gets paid off, it's just brilliant, you know? But like you say, Gary, just WWE don't seem to have the patience or time to, to do it. It's just like, oh, well, bored of that now, get that in the bin, you know? So I, I completely disagree with that. I think if they could do it better, fans would really appreciate long-term storytelling. I've, the, the, like... I agree with your statement. Fans don't have the patience, but at the same time, a lot of that is on WWE for making the fans not have the patience by not keeping the investment level up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, Xavier Woods wants a promotional match with Kenny Omega. Yeah, um, file this under things that will never happen, but it's fun to talk about anyway. So Xavier Woods and Kenny Omega are really good friends anyway. Anyone that knows what their two main hobbies are each will know exactly why. Both massive gamers um, and both have been part of a lot of, you know, I can't remember the last one, but both have been part of a lot of big, you know, gaming conventions and stuff like that. Very when good you friends. New Day versus the Elite at one of them a couple of months ago as well, like, or Man. maybe a year ago. Who won? Who won? I believe the Elite one because Kenny's like borderline pro at Street Fighter, I think. Yep. Right. And Xavier Woods is, you know, a dab hand at gaming as well, yeah. since he's got his own YouTube channel that is completely dedicated to it, holds a Guinness World Record in, you know, relation to it. But yeah, um, Xavier Woods said, Kenny Omega has been on my YouTube show before, and so have the Young Bucks. Um, we have been able to do Street Fighter tournaments together with a wrestling spin on it, of course, with a contract signing, which they've done, cutting promos, uh, which, you know, is brilliant when people do put these wee, wee things in for a Street Fighter tournament. Um, but he said... That rivalry is still going strong today, and I'm pretty sure it will never end. I would love to do some sort of interpromotional match with him one day. Probably never happen, but it's a really interesting thing for, you know, reporters to report on and fans to just be like, yeah. oh, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, but it wouldn't be cool. If it was going to be an interpromotional match, you wouldn't want Xavier Woods, Kenny Omega. You'd want Rollins Omega, wouldn't you? That would be the one for me. 
for me, it probably would be New Day versus the Elite. I think that would be an yeah, amazing. Really? I, I think that would be because just the amount of content you'd get on like being the Elite and, and on actual like, both programming afterwards, uh, poking fun, I think would be absolutely brilliant. Right, okay, okay, let's put you on the spot. The one in our promotional match, WWE versus AEW. What is the one match you would like to see if this such a thing happened? We should do a whole episode on this because it would be great. But I'll come to you first, Alex. If you could have one AEW wrestler versus one WWE wrestler, what would you be having? Right now, I want to have Cody versus Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for the entrance off alone, I think it would be great. Yeah. Gary? I was going to go a lot more boring than that, but I'm sticking to it because I've been saying it for a long time now. Darby Allen, Jeff Hardy. Decent shout, decent shout. For me, just for the promos alone, MGF versus The Miz, I think would be <laughs> very good. I think that would be money. Um, yeah, let's do a whole episode now. That'll be great for me. Fantasy Booking Island wrestling, that'd be great. Uh, right, in fact, that's a good one. If I ever win Fantasy Booking Island, I might book that. Uh, right, we'll find out if I get, do actually win just in a minute. But until next week, thank you very much for the news, Gary. <laughs> Ah, so welcome once again to Fantasy Booking Island. So while we enjoy a rum cocktail on the beach, reading Bret Hart's autobiography, Big Alex is out there on a fantasy wrestling daft raft, making us book stuff from the world of wrestling. Um, So what are me and Gary booking this week, Alex? Everyone's favourite new segment, Raw Underground. Feel free to rename it as well, actually. You get extra points for that. Yeah, I wish I had. Right, okay. Okay, I'm taking that board. You didn't say that, but I'll, I'll, I'll think of something as we go. Um, right, okay. Uh, so what are we doing? Just We're all to just do anything with it then, are we? It's free reign. It's free reign. It's, it's DIY Raw Underground. Right, okay. Okay. Right, so let's decide who's going first in the usual manner, which is a flipping something that's close to hand with Gary and calling heads or tails. I meant to bring the badge back, but it's a coaster again this week. (laughs) See, Uh, consistency. Gary has consistency. We asked for a coaster, we got a coaster. I'll go for a heads on the coaster, whatever that is. He's actually flipped the coaster off mic here. And I mean, you tails. can just pretend that you've got Dominic Mysterio on the podcast now, John. Yeah, it's Tails. <laughs> right, t- Tails, what do you want to go first or a second, Gary? I'm going to go first. I'm going oh. to go first because I've not got much confidence in this because it's not so much a booking as a bit of a moan. But, um, but I'll go first, aye. Right, okay, three minutes in the clock to book. Raw Underground start now. So I held off late on this one because I wanted to see what Raw did last night. And I actually need to commend them because two of the things I was going to change have already changed. Mentioned it in the, the berries and putovers that, you know, we seen the dancing girls last week. I think that undermines the women's revolution. So that was probably a stupid idea. It's gone, seemingly. And Shayna Baszler is there as well. So it's nice to see women actually getting their chance to, you know, be equals in Raw Underground. One thing that I really do want to do, that ring with the ring posts with no ropes, look stupid get rid of that um or maybe don't get rid of it maybe just put either a cage on it i know that might be a bit too close to ufc which is what they're going for i'm quite happy to sacrifice the cage maybe put some ropes on there that aren't ropes maybe put some wire on there maybe just have wire around the ring doesn't need to be barbed wire just needs to be wire or something that looks similar to that Keep the way it's going. You know, I like the format. I think they're doing a good job of showcasing a lot of people. Uh, Arturo Ruiz, last night, who had been undefeated, 
in Brazilian mixed martial arts for 17 years. Good way of showcasing guys like that. And, you know, I mentioned Shayna Baszler. I mentioned the dancers. I think the thing that uh, you'll, you'll see why I'm being kind of transparent with what I'm saying here with a name that I'm going to mention. I want them to change it to maybe WWE Underground or just WWE Fight Club. Something along those lines. Get rid of Raw because I want it to go across. I can see John looking very angry. I want it to go across all three brands. Now, I don't want it to mix brands. I want it to actually be showcased on all three brands. So I would have it on SmackDown and NXT. Just a, a thing that goes through as a constant throughout the week. SmackDown, Sonya Deville, which is where I was going with the, the Shayna Baszler thing. Get Sonya Deville on there. Get Matt Riddle, Sheamus, Shorty G. On NXT, you've got Tim Thatcher. You've got Oni Lorcan, Killer Cross. I think would be amazing on it. And what I would do is I'm going to steal something from AEW. Because why not? Power rankings. Get power rankings on. Get as, who is actually winning the matches. And what I want to do... Every, and we'll say three or six months, I'm not going to say yearly because we'd probably see this isn't going to last a year. Every three or six months, we get a pay-per-view or a network special. And it's a 90-minute tournament featuring everyone with the highest rankings, the Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and the winner gets whatever they want. You know, whether it's a title shot, whether it is an actual belt, maybe call it the Universal Fighting Championship just to take a wee pop shot at UFC. Um, <laughs> but either way, they get something. I've not decided what that is yet. Maybe it can be a title shot at you know, one of the main titles. Maybe it is a belt that goes through all of these eventual, if you keep going with this showcase, goes through them all. But yeah, I think it's good overall. So a few wee tweaks and I think we're there. Oh, he came in a second, a second under his time. There. Oh my Gary, God, that's, oh, that, yes. that was... <laughs> <laughs> Gary, you've done the amazing. Time. You've managed to make Raw Underground, or sorry, WWE Underground, make sense. Hey, I, wish I didn't even around. mention the heart business. <laughs> yeah. You know in Countdown when like they, they do the maths thing and uh, somebody gets it and then they have to show they're working? I wish that was the case in this because I've got a lot of similar things. I was sitting <laughs> in the background going, right, I wanted barbed wire, I wanted uh, WWE Fight Club. And Gary then, just wanted wire. There was, he said just wire. It didn't uh, need to be barbed wire. You pull at the barbed wire at the monthly special, you see. Right, okay. I wanted barbed wire. Right, okay, Terry Funk right. comes back so for a, a one-off match. A lot, of my, <laughs> a lot of the things I'm about to say you've just heard from Gary, but here we go anyway. Start the clock, Alex. So, yeah, let's change the ring up. As Gary said, I mean, for me, I would have just got shot of the whole thing altogether, but that's not how we're playing the game. Um if we are playing the game, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to change the ring up. We're going to put barbed wire around or some sort of fight pit like we had on NXT. Um, like Gary says, it's going to be a bit like UFC then, but that's what they're going so for, so what the hell. Um, and that will get the eyes in the audience. First thing that needs to happen, you know, we, we're living... Basically, this has been popped in a, a middle of a show, which, you know, wrestling's meant to suspend our belief. You know, we don't know it. We know it's fake. We know it's fake, but you need to. When we're going into a shoot environment, we need to make that shoot environment seem as real as possible it can. So I get why they're doing the quick camera cuts, but they shouldn't be zooming out. They should be way back so it looks as shoot as it possibly can without going in close and actually seeing people not hitting with punches and stuff. There needs to be color in there. There needs to be shots of people coming out of the ring covered in bruises, scrapes, scraps. There needs to be all of that. 
um, to make it look like more of a shoot environment. And most importantly, there needs to be rules because there doesn't seem to be any kind of rules. It's like Shane McMahon, you know, I've not seen last night's role, but Shane McMahon was jumping into it. That's it, he's over, it's over. The referee needs to rule this. The referee, it needs to be taps, it needs to be, right, that's how it works. You need to tap someone out or, 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 or knock them out uh, because Shane was just jumping in in the first episode and dragging people off saying, hey, he's had enough, he's had enough. So there needs to be rules to make this more of a shoot environment and make it stand out from the rest of the show. They need to build stars, and that's the good thing about Rondegar. They need to build stars from it, and they need to look... Existing superstars look good, like they did with Ziggler. That's the part I really like about that. So let's use these stars and make them look hard as fuck. So when they go up to the main roster, you know, we can build something from there. Get the music in the bin. The music, get that in the bin. The the royalty-free music that the... Uh, got from some website. Michael some- Elgin's team tune last night. Was it Michael? Get Michael the- Elgin's impact team tune last night. And you know what? Get Shane McMahon in the bin. I know why they put Shane in there to get eyes on it because he's a name. From day one, this should have been set up as a gimmick for the Hurt Business. You know, they, they brought Hurt Business in last week to rule over, over it. It should have been set up from day one that they were running it and running a promotion inside the promotion because they are going to get put over so much and it would have done Bobby so much good if he was just bossing it because it puts him over immediately as hard as fuck and gets him running over the main roster without you know so you can put him in a match with drew because he's looked hard as fuck uh, in uh, raw underground so yeah that should have been from day one without shane being involved in it um and what i would like to see going forward is an almost like an invasion angle so you're building all these stars in raw underground and if we are going to have shane mcmahon in it Jordan, Omagbehen, and Daba Kato, put them bossing it, and I've run out of time, but they go up to the main roster with Shane McMahon as their manager and just run over the main roster and build them up on Raw Underground, or as I would call it, WWE Fight Club. At least between the two, I have two comments. One, you're getting rid of Shane McMahon, but then you're using Shane McMahon to put over talent. If we are if we are going to have to have him on, this was going back and rewinding the clock. Okay. I would have had as hot as, but if we are going to have to be, be, grin and bear it with uh, Shane, at least use him like that, and then bring these uh, two dominant forces up onto the main roster because they would, you know, you get to an angle where they're just battering everyone, and you know, then bring them up onto the main roster to run riot on the main roster. The good thing is between the two like- is none has mentioned Brock Lesnar. True. Uh, but the one the one thing I did like about John's was he gave it an origin story. Like I liked the way you were talking about it should have been built around the hurt business and it was like MVP running a promotion within the promotion. That would have made a lot of sense. Yeah. But we have rules here. I and went- rules go that John broke the rules. And so John has to be disqualified. And so Gary's sensical version of WWE <laughs> Underground is this week's winner, I'm afraid. I like how I won based on rules when we're talking about something that has no rules. Well, that was was going to be my other comment on John's. So my my ruling was going to be that you were actually going to win. And the reason John was going to lose was because he wanted rules. Why do you want rules? (laughs) Truly, it protects the stars. Because Shane said they had enough, but it didn't mean they had enough. Okay, well, well done, Gary. As always, beating again. I am on such a losing streak, I feel like Heath Slater. (laughs) <laughs> and I wait to get you guys to book Retribution next week. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we all know I'm just going to have it. It's going to be aces and eights. It's going to be aces and eights again. That's all it's going to be. 
So there you go. That's it for this week's show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, myself and Gary will be back on the headline show this week while uh, Grab and Gradle are off the back. 21st, so week after next. Uh, but we'll be here on Friday, and we're joined by one, the only, Ravy Davy. Um, he'll be on to kind of co-host with us throughout it. And we'll also, on the retro review, remember, do your homework. You need to watch WrestleMania 6 um, this week. But uh, Tom Campbell from Cultaholic will be joining us to pick out a pay-per-view on that as Alex goes hey, on. I'd to see alternative British po- wrestling podcast names on your podcast, John. Oh, I like them off. They're good lads over at Cultaholic. Can, um, we, uh, can I bring in a bit of continuity? I think I mentioned last week how the last ever show... Uh, that I seen Ivelisse at before AEW had came calling was Source Wrestling and Govan Ravy Davy was also on that show and I believe it was the guy that was standing at the end of the night after a Royal Rumble as well there you go so Ravy Davy will be on chatting to us uh, we'll talk to him about stuff that's going on with him and also you'll just be chatting wrestling with us uh, list of wrestling daft this week Gary I'm going to hand the baton back on to you I think I'll get Ravy Davy to do some as well but we're going to be talking as what we put about by the listeners it was 21 years since the debut of Jericho in WWE now I gave the listeners the option to either vote for the best moments of Jericho or the best debuts in wrestling and they went for the best debuts in wrestling so we're going to be talking about the best wrestling debuts uh, on the list of wrestling that this Friday. We're also going to have Tama Tonga on the show talking to Gary, um, so that'll be really cool. And we want you to remember, we asked you last week, what's the best wrestling rumour you've heard? So we want to hear from you on that as well. So get on board with us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft and give us all those. Thank you. I, I was hoping it had been uh, 21 years since the Montreal Screwjob. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, uh, Alex, you're not going to be here. You're on your hot day. Um, good luck with that, by the way. Uh, what's your favourite wrestling debut? I thought you were going to say, what's your favourite wrestling rumour? And I was going to be, it's always the third man was Mabel. <laughs> <laughs> wrestling debut, you see, I think it's it's hard to look past the Jericho one for me. I know that's a total cop-out, but it is just one of the best. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry, folks, I'm going to look past the Jericho one. Yeah, <laughs> I've got one in mind that ain't the Jericho one. <laughs> right, well, we'll find out what that is. Jericho's like. number two, though, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> maybe three, maybe three. <laughs> we'll see how that goes out on Friday. Remember, get on Patreon. You can hear the, see the video version of this podcast and get loads of other stuff up there, including their new bonus episode, Rab on Wrestling, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Boys, thank you very much as ever. Where can we get you on Twitter, Gary? Um, I am there as Wrestling Gary, which of course, if you're on Wrestling Daft, just take away the last four letters and stick in Gary. Are you streaming for AEW and NXT on Wednesday night? Most likely, yeah. I'm on Twitch as Gary Talks Wrestling and I go live for about half an hour before any wrestling shows. Yeah, so, um, and uh, Alex, again, once again, good luck on your day. <laughs> okay, John, now it's if you've really just made this fucking awkward. <laughs> What's her name? What's her name? Where did she cut that bit out, John? You can cut that bit out. You can cut this segment out. Thank you very much. (laughs) And stay tuned to next week's Wrestling Daft Marks to hear more about how Alex's date went. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, keep marking out. Audio Frontier.